0: listening to primal radio the podcast dedicated to combat sports martial arts self-defense and the warrior mindset and here are your hosts from hamilton new jersey jim mccann and london england tom mcgrath welcome back great show last week we had a ton of feedback from having nick portella from nick and doc watson it was a great show did you listen to the show tom so you go back did, and listen to yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. good. Entertaining was good. Those guys were great. A lot of topics we covered. Didn't even get to half of what I wanted to get to.
1: True, true, That's true. A good we didn't sign. really t- go through uh, 2018 boxing fights much, which nah, much nah. to Doc, Doc Watson's disappointment. Uh, so he's so so.
0: When we get off the air, so Doc would complain to you. Is that what he did? He's he's maintenance. Yeah, he, basically, he's hot maintenance. Well, he can come back on next month, and we'll just keep him alone and talk about <laughs> boxing. Good Lord, our guests are becoming demanding. they want like water on yeah a certain degree temperature and m and m's you know only yellow m and m s or some shit like that yeah, but anyway we got great people Nick put it out there on his website uh, and he's got he's a blogger gets uh, quite a bit of uh, a big following over here in the u s and um certainly in the east coast and uh a lot a lot of positive feedback so uh, a lot of views and listens as a, a direct result of him. So we want to thank him uh, for being a part of that. But anyway, I, I want to take care of some business real quick before I get before we get our guest on. Um, you can hear us every Saturday night, 9 p.m. UK time, 9 p.m. New York time on HamiltonRadio.net. You can hear us on Spreaker. You can hear us on IR, iTunes, Sonos, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Amazon Alexa. Uh, you can just download it, listen to it. Make sure you like it and share it because that seems to matter. Um, coming up, January twentieth, uh, Primal Promotions will be having our a big boxing event with the WBF and NFF promotions. That is only ten days away at Primal Gym. Our my fighter, Scrappy Bunch, will be fighting Kevin Serrano for the 141 pound amateur world title and the co-main event uh evan holyfield son of evander holyfield will be fighting nazir parker for the 152 pound title um pretty excited about it i had my co-promoter come in last night and we we're kind of laying out the logistics of what was going to happen with the fight uh the ballot card so on and so forth everything's uh doing great getting tons of call real good excitement for you know it is an amateur event but it's a bigger amateur event so it, you know we'll probably have yeah, you know 500 people there which is pretty good size and uh, but anyway that all looks good so if you are in the Hamilton Trenton New Jersey area give us a call at 609 584 8500 for tickets or you can get a hold of me at 833 fight. Um, either way, you can get hold of me. Uh, you can look, check us out on Facebook. You can go to the webpage, and they'll give you ways to uh, you can uh, buy tickets for the event. The next thing is March seventeenth and eighteenth. That's the Primal European Camp in uh, Ninove, Belgium. Uh, getting a lot of uh, good, you know positive feedback for that. I'm actually already in the process of looking for my tickets to come over. Tom, did you buy your tickets to go to the event or?
1: Not, not yet. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to get my flight sorted Are first. Oh, you're, fl- you're flying One step you, at a time.
0: You don't take a train. You fly?
1: Oh, to Belgium. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was, I was talking... I was thinking of your... Uh, the fight at the end of January. No, Um. yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's all booked. Yeah, that's all booked. done. Don't, don't worry. There's, uh, I think, 18 of us coming.
0: Wow. Must be exciting. Now, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There must he's, be some he, Yeah, he's having it in a different venue this year. I know year's going to be teaching. I don't know who else is going to be teaching. Myself and... uh but anyway, hey, he's got a lot. Of, so you can get a hold of me at the gym t- to find that out. But anyway, I had to take care of that business because I have a tendency to forget it. But our next guest, Tom, do you want to do the honors or would you like me to do the honors?
1: Oh, you do Jim. Uh, I figured you would have written
0: up one, something and prepared, something special. But actually, funny, I went back and listened to an old show the other day and was um, listening to your, uh, your intros. And the best one still to this day is the one that you just improvised off the top of your head, which was Lackoy. So,
1: <laughs> Just a
0: thought, buddy, just a thought. All right, so here is it is. Uh, sure. Next guest I've known for quite a long time. He's a really, really talented martial arts. He's a writer. He, he dives. He's been in a lot of different worlds. Um, he was a SWAT commander, a, a paratrooper. Um, he is, uh, worked as a counterterrorism consultant, a bodyguard, written books. Um, he's a strong man, which is a fascinating field to be involved with. In. Um, I've seen this guy do some uh, pretty amazing things. He's even got world records out there. Anyway, uh, let us welcome the one and the only Mike Gillette. Michael, how are you doing, buddy?
2: Doing great. Thanks so much for that. <laughs> well, look,
0: <laughs> I, I worked on that for about five seconds.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, not yeah, so bad. got though. skills. Well, I think so. Hey, are you still
0: living in Vegas or out that way?
2: No, haven't, uh, haven't lived in Vegas, uh, for, uh, almost six years. Oh, where are you living now? But because a of, lot of the things that I do still take me back to Vegas yeah. with such regularity that uh, a lot of people are uh, of the impression that that that's where that's, I'm at That's most where most
0: you're at. Time. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I actually live in the Midwest. It's it's the the land that uh, that I grew up in, and it's uh, it's peaceful here, Jim. It's <laughs> uh, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice.
0: So you, out of out of now, is your, is your wife still a pilot?
2: Yeah, she is. She's uh, she's an EMS pilot uh, these days, and uh, she's she's off at work this week. She works one week on, one week off. Really? And uh, yeah, she's just a you know, total total ninja. You know, flies out to the middle of nowhere, all hours of the day or night, picks up people that are in in dire need of something because it's it's expensive to go by helicopter.
0: Yeah, they I, I gotta have some money. I've I've never been in a helicopter so.
2: Yeah, I mean, but yeah. you it. don't want to be in one of hers. <laughs> you no, know? tour, tour helicopters are fine, but you don't want to be in the gurney. No,
0: the, yeah, I guess that's probably a, probably a good thing. But anyway, <laughs> so what we're going to talk about? We're going to I want to go over a bunch of stuff on your sites and stuff. Now, my connection to you is how I originally met you was through a mutual friend of ours, which is Hawk, Hawk. I Was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and um, and he's look as a result of him. As I said the other week, that's how I guess people know me and so on and so forth. And how I've gotten to interact with a lot of great people. How did you meet Hawk? Was it through?
2: Um, I met Hawk. Uh, this is a this is an hour show, right? This. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll give you the the shorter version. The, the shorter version. Um, yeah. You've uh, you've been uh, close to Hawk in recent years and had a lot of adventures right. uh, with him in recent years. Yes. I, I was more on the the front end of his ascendancy uh, to. Uh, notoriety i suppose i got gotcha. uh, i actually became aware of him uh it was the i think like the the march april version because they came out once a uh biannually uh bimonthly okay one of those they're, they're by a uh, tactical knives magazine yeah and uh there was an ad in there half page ad for a book called the knife fighting encyclopedia i, I said, do own that this?
0: book. yeah
2: and uh i was literally just about to depart to do some uh, one-on-one training uh, in California with a very uh, notorious uh, JKD practitioner yeah. whose name I will omit out of courtesy because you. You despite his you? troubles, I <laughs> like the guy personally. Yeah, sure. I know. Um, you know so I, I thought, yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that when I get back. I get back yeah. and, uh, you know, Internet is in its infancy. So this right. is back when to get an info packet from this guy I'd never heard of, you had to send a five dollar check and a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> it was like I was sending away for <laughs> a prize right. from a cereal box or something. Right, right. And that's uh, so great. But, but I was intrigued about the I was intrigued about the book, uh, because it looked huge and there there was no equivalent uh, to it. You know, right. I had uh, the only knife books that had ever existed, as far as I know, were like the red Ecanis book, which you could buy at the bookstore, the black one, which I owned, uh, that I picked up at a used bookstore in 1984 for five bucks, um, and lost before they became like worth hundreds of dollars. And then I believe uh, La Tourette, the the Kempo guy, had a knife book. Uh-huh. But that was about it. Yeah. Um, and. So I, I was interested in that and just who this guy was, mm-hmm. and I got this this info pack. It was just a bunch of randomly xeroxed documents, rank certificates, little bio sheet, uh, a flyer about the book, and because he was a cop and I was a cop at the time, yeah. uh, it it seemed like a, a a guy that I might you know e- extend some further communications. And we started talking. We got on the phone. And uh, kind of hit it off. So I arranged to do some because this is back when he was uh, teaching straight Arnese. He mm-hmm. was basically teaching Ernesto Prasas's right. uh, material. Right. He mm-hmm. was still affiliated with a uh, a JKD instructor in Oklahoma. Yes, he was who's, uh, of of some controversy. Yes, and so th- that's back when this was and. In, uh, I think it was July 6th, 1997, I traveled <laughs> to Denton, Texas
0: yeah.
2: for uh, three days of private training, which also included, uh, sitting in on the classes he was teaching yeah. at the Gold's Gym in Denton, Texas, which was kind of cool because one I think was called JKD and I think one was called Arnie's. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and they were as, um uh, They were so similar to how he runs, uh, seminars and so forth, you know, just kind of the way that he organizes information and and such. And I, I had enough time in JKD that I, I made blue belt from, and and I was stoked. I mean, I had, I had legitimate Filipino rank all of a sudden. I just thought that was the coolest thing. Right. And the curriculum was amazing. It had, it was built around stuff that was on the fringes of other things that, that I was always trying to hunt down. So a few months later, it's November, and I go to Kalamazoo, uh, Michigan, and I make green belt. Uh, A few months later, I go to his Texas camp in January, and I make brown belt. And then I think it was about two years after that that uh, I tested for my first black belt. And uh, we, uh, we had... All Manner of Adventures, that was back around when he was starting to run the magazine. Right. Uh, I, see, I, see I was name. the one that uh, pushed him into the TRS project and, and oh, did the, yeah. the original introductions to, to nail that down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, it, it just kind of went from there. You know, we uh, I, I think both you and I have had uh, some, some travel dates with yes. uh, that gentleman. Oh, and yeah. one of the things that's interesting about Hawk, and, and then we can move on if you care to, is is as you said, Hawk is a real catalyst for connectivity. No doubt, so many mm-hmm. people have become enjoined uh, because of that mutual interest. Yeah, one of my yeah. very best friends, who was another sort of martial arts nomad from Iowa, who I, I would never have known otherwise. I met him. We've uh, we've been. You know, rocking and socking for twenty years now, yeah. um, and I I meet so many people like that, and I I still know to this day a lot of very interesting people who I wouldn't have known otherwise. Right. So, in in addition, you know, to the martial arts uh, evolutions, I think just in the way that he teaches, because i i was a I was a hard case student before I met Hawk, because I I only gravitated towards superstars. They taught. Like they were teaching other superstars, yeah. and I was not in that category. You know, oh, I, and I was all I was the slow kid in the back, and it was like, hey, can you show that again?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> no.
2: And and, no. and Hawk's ability to instruct—that was it. Was That's a great. pivotal point in my evolution, and uh, and I think that he attracts like-minded people. So everybody who's become sort of associated with Hawk, and and I would include you in this category yeah. because I remember when we met in right. January of 05 in Las Vegas, uh, the way that you were instructing, I thought was just brilliant. Because I'd, I'd been around some high-level yeah, yeah. ground, ground guys, if you will. Right. Not, not that wow. you're just a ground guy, but that's what you were doing. And uh, you had that sort of hockey uh ability to break <laughs> things down and yeah. organize it you know, in a, in a very logical sequence. Nice. And and I thought that was just brilliant. And, and, and I knew I... that... Uh, You were uh, just a gifted instructor very quickly. Oh, thank you very much. uh, In assessing that, so that that's how I met Hawk, and uh, that's that's been a relationship that has been, uh, you know, fun, rewarding, uh, certainly beneficial to me. You know, there 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 have there have been some some things I've been able to do. We're going back a few years, obviously, but uh, you know that association was 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 a, a strong uh, piece of my early development, which is why, uh, you'll see him, uh, singled out, uh, in gratitudes in, in my books.
0: Yeah. Right. Now, now, when you, um, before, I mean, you had done, you were in the army and stuff, you have an interesting story, you know, your life and how you ended up where you were, um, you know, as a little kid and then going off and joining, you know, the service and whatnot. Can you touch, can you touch on that just a little bit? So, those who don't know you are just listening can kind of get an idea of your background and and what you've come to accomplish as a result of that. Because without a doubt, don't you think it's that background that has gotten to you, gotten you where you are today? As a result of that, um, you're making those decisions to get where you you know. Yeah,
2: that- I, I I do I do uh, do think so in my case. Yeah. So so basically, um, I'll preface this with with a ridiculous uh, observation, and that is this: <laughs> if you Google, if you Google Mike Gillette. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the first or second screen, there will be at least one website. There are three that I've I've found, but there is at yeah. least one website that you'll see readily that refers to Mike Gillette as the, as the world's most dangerous man. Ooh. Now, so we'll we'll start with with is crazy. Okay, I'm 55 years old. I'm five nine, 185 pounds with my socks on. Um, that I'm not that guy, but uh, and and I think that. Term started getting thrown around just because it's fun to say. It, it's you know, a pe- cra- people and people enjoy saying stuff like <laughs> right. that about people they can't quite understand. I think so, it's great. but let's just let's start with that frame of reference, okay? You know, there's this guy Mike Gillette, and he has this uh, this particular background. <laughs> I
0: I yeah. did find it. I, you're not shitting. It's so funny. I don't want to. I just Mike no, Gillette, found the world okay. most. Yeah, I'm, Dangerous the, <laughs> the most dangerous man in the world. That's great. I don't have a title like that. Tom, I need for you well, you know, but
2: you're but you're young, Jim. Oh, you'll, sh- you'll I am there, knocking on your door, brother.
0: Tom, I I got homework for you. And This week I need for you to find something so that I can stream it out there. So when you type in Jim McCann, it doesn't say shoe salesman or some shit like that. <laughs> there used to be a shoe store called Tom McCann in the northeast. Yeah. And there growing up, every motherfucker says, "Are you related to that guy?" Is it no? But anyway, I I, I, I kind of lost my mind for a second. Okay, but yeah, that...
2: I I can relate to that with the last name Gillette. I'm not related to that. The either.
0: razor. Yeah. So anyway,
2: <laughs> um, but if we start with that sort of ridiculous premise, you know, and and kind of walk back, and mm-hmm. you know, when you tick off the uh, resume entries in the intro, it creates a a mental image of a particular kind of guy. Yes. And it would be easy to as- assume that that kind of a guy has always been that kind of a guy. No doubt. And in the case of Mike Gillette, that kind of a guy uh, was the furthest thing from that kind of yeah. guy in the early part of his life. So, yeah, in my case, uh, th- things were difficult uh, as soon as I was born. Um, you know, My parents met in uh, in college uh-huh. and uh my mom became pregnant and that's back in 61 so that's like really scandalous so they yeah, right. they drop out of school they move as far away you know they get married they move as far away as possible uh, they stop when they hit the pacific ocean so they're in LA county and uh I'm born and then they moved back to the Midwest as though nobody can do the math and, you know, figure out, uh, what that was, <laughs> yeah,
0: about. what happened. Yeah.
2: But it's, you know, it's just the sort of thing you do. Uh, you know, sort of, sort of a, uh, a concession to, uh, you know, to, you know, politeness or something. Right. Anyway, uh, it was, uh, it was not a, a solid relationship. They were young. Uh, and, uh, my mom was, uh, crazy. She had, uh, Based on her own childhood, she had a lot of anger and and that manifested in a lot of, uh, you know, questionable decisions, particularly related to other men. So they divorce. I'm three and uh, we're poor. We move around a lot. She uh, has has a tendency to hook up with dangerous guys, uh, which Hmm. leads to additional drama. She eventually uh, remarries and she marries a guy that was absolutely terrifying. Uh, the violence in our household was was endless, and it was it was epic. You right. know, and you're when, a little, when you're, ki- you're a
0: little kid when this is all going on. Little,
2: little kid, yeah, <clears> only <throat> child. I'm uh, not I'm not just a little kid in terms of youth, but physically, I'm a small, small kid. kid. Yeah, and uh, you know, weak and and just terrified all the time because when when you see and- the most important person in your life get punched, get choked, yeah. get kicked, you know, on the floor, it's terrible. Uh, it sticks with you. And, and it was just constant and, uh, substance abuse was constant and moving was constant. You know, so you're constantly the new kid, right. uh, kids make fun of at school because you're wearing the same clothes every day. Um, there was not a lot going on that, uh, felt good or felt positive. Yeah. So, um, I was pretty much what you would expect out of a kid in that circumstance. I kept to myself. I was very quiet, didn't draw attention, um, read a lot, uh, and you know, just did things that were quiet and cheap. Uh, and over time, as you know violence increased, and uh, after one particularly epic fight, um, my wife was being choked or. <laughs> uh, my, my stepfather was uh, was was choking my mother while simultaneously beating her head against the wall. Wow. And she wakes up the next day, a little dizzy, understandable. She, what? in this case actually goes to a doctor. Uh, leads to some follow up testing. Turns out she has a brain tumor. It's, uh, it's like they can't, they can't do anything about it. She has uh, treatment. It's unsuccessful. She dies within the year. I'm 15. I start doing that sort of uh, pass yeah. around from relative to relative thing. Yeah. Uh, I discover alcohol and drugs and just try to numb myself out as much as i possibly can and sure. i never there there was never enough alcohol and drugs available to me to to make what i was experiencing you know sure. bearable sure. it was always there so uh by age 18 i had i had enough i actually uh tried to kill myself i i got a bottle of uh, booze and a bottle of pain pills checked into a hotel you know swallowed it all down and uh assumed that that was my last day on earth yeah uh, but i woke up why because, Jim, I'm the world's most dangerous man, I just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that Steve Seagal movie? Hard to Hard kill. Hard to kill. Yeah. He so, wakes up in a coma anyway, and then goes on to kick but, everyone's ass. Yeah, but imagine you're 18, you've got no real point of connectivity, no, no real support system, and you have to now figure out okay, dude, you can't kill yourself. What's that about? Right. Why, why are you still here? You know, so I, I was sort of left to try to extrapolate meaning from that. Or purpose from that, uh-huh. and uh, and that's what I did. I ultimately uh, embarked on a course that was the opposite of everything that I had done. You know, so I stopped doing a bunch of, of stupid things, and I started mm-hmm. doing a lot of things that were was this, were, uh, my, productive was, and healthy. Was that an and, actual?
0: Was that was there an exact moment? When you ha- had that epiphany, or was it over a course of time? Like when you woke up from that, when uh, you it was
2: over the course of, of several months. Uh-huh. I knew that I was I was moving in the right direction, but the the fact that I was doing it as a as a solo act. I mean, uh-huh. I, I was really trying to figure it out, and uh, you know, for me, um, I would as I was sort of looking for you know if you're going to move in the direction of positivity, you have to find that direction. And I was not aware of, of where it might be at that point in my life. So I was nudging around and it was in the context of, uh, reestablishing, uh, a relationship with a, a girl that I dated in high school, mm-hmm. uh, earlier, uh, who was, you know, personality wise and character wise as opposite for me as, as one could possibly be, which was an attractive quality, uh, Mm-hmm. in in my mind so we uh, we started becoming a couple and we started doing a couple things and we started doing things that she did And one of those things was she went to church that was alien to my life in fact this is how this is how outside of the church i was when i was a kid i think i was nine years old when i realized that my mother was practicing witchcraft
0: Oh, yeah. Straight
2: up, everything you can imagine associated with the occult she was into, no, and it was yeah. not a secret.
0: Wow! It
2: was wow. all out. I mean, you know, the paraphernalia, the books, the whole—I mean, she did stuff. She she was into rituals and spells, and and you name it. Now, uh, I I would characterize that sort of association with somebody who's in a pretty dark place. Well, yeah, no, that no, no, no. that's not you know. You know, it, it's the opposite of happy uh, sunshine stuff. <laughs> so that, so imagine you're a kid in that environment. Anything that you might have ever heard about church of, uh, was not exactly uh, positive or, you know, respectful. It was right. the opposite of that. So my whole frame of reference uh, for, you know, Jesus and God and those kinds of things were extreme. Were not just uh, dismissive in the sort of, you know, intellectual atheistic, you know, point of view. It was like, that stuff is bad. Hmm. So, um, so it was, it was a different sort of thing for me, but that's, that was the path I chose. That was the path that I'm, I'm still on. And it was hugely transformative for me. And, and it gave me sort of the, uh, the higher purpose, the sense of alignment that made it a lot easier yeah. to do yeah. all of the day-to-day things that led to Mike Gillette uh <laughs> becoming unscrewed up. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Sure. So, so yeah, there was uh it's very easy for me to sort of reach back in time and touch uh who I used to be and how I was absolutely captive to fear and every every type of, of negative attitude one could have about life and the world and so on. So uh, moving in the opposite direction of that always feels like a strong move for me. And uh, it's it's the direction that I still continue to move. So it's it's easy for me in, in the sense of um, not worrying about things like feeling confident or feeling motivated uh, to do certain things. I just... I am perpetually internally compelled to do things that, that challenge myself and to test myself. Mm. Now, that has obviously started to manifest in some pretty unusual ways.
0: Yeah, but yeah.
2: it uh, that, I think, at the end of the day, is really sort of the core of, of who I am.
0: Right. You that's correct. That's
2: uh, I'm, I'm interested in exploring every possible way that I, I can do better and become better and then ultimately hope to share that with, with other people. Right. Right. Know, right. Through, yeah. Uh, either my writings or the work that I do uh, with with athletes or executives and so on.
0: Right now, a couple weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago we were talking on the show. We
2: uh,
0: I mentioned a guy named David Goggins. Are you familiar with David Goggins?
2: Only heard of.
0: Yeah, and he, but, well, so but he, beyond that now, yeah. so he's in the, you know does extreme endurance sports and and, and very much what yeah. you were saying is. you have to get outside yourself. He said the only way to grow, at least in his opinion, is to suffer and to put yourself through these things and these tests and and these trials to to get to that next level. And uh, I just thought that was an interesting connection for just what you were saying, that you're willing to test yourself. So many people are not willing to put themselves out of their comfort zone. So. Hence the Just
2: one
1: that. one thing add, adding to what Jim saying, this, um David had gone through a lot of adversity. Right. I mean, you could actually draw quite a lot of parallels between your early life, Mike, and okay. also what he's gone gone on to achieve. He's got like the world record for the most pr- uh, pull ups in in twenty four hours. He's on four thousand and twenty five.
2: Okay. Yeah. Like now, now I know why I've heard and, of him. And yeah, he awesome. he's a
1: navy seal as
2: well so yeah so, well, yeah you, you, yeah, you, you yeah. guys definitely absolutely know who he is now thank you for would, for you, clarifying say,
1: that. would you say mike that, that sort of i mean that that kind of adversity i guess how would how would someone who maybe hasn't gone through such a such a tough start to life kind of replicate that and motivate themselves to the same sort of echelon that you you and David Goggins have managed to well serve. I
2: that's a, that's a great question because the um it's it's not a necessary thing for everybody I think it's just um you know as, as we look at the world we do see patterns and you know because you know people are people at the end of the day so there's there's not that many variations of us you know, regardless of what part of the world we live in, and, and so forth, I think that you know we we fundamentally uh, aspire uh, to to do good. You know, to to be good uh, on you know to to be honorable and 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 worthy of of respect and esteem. Now, we don't all get to that place, and and even those of us that that search for that hard don't get as far as we ever want to. I, I think but that's good too. I I I would hate to get to the point where okay, here I am. I'm I'm good now. I'm just going to take it easy. Um but the you know the idea that you would have to suffer internally I I don't think is is necessarily true. And if that was the case, it would be a very imprecise method of self-development because a lot of people just wouldn't survive it because a lot of people don't. Um, It's uh, sadly it's the exception uh, when people are in really difficult circumstances and they're able to somehow pass through, uh, you know, stronger to the other side, that metaphorical other side. But in terms of, you know, a a operating philosophy, I think that there's kind of a, a a widespread awareness right now. And. You know, for those of us who are products of particular environments, I mean, you know, combat athletes have, have been reading about, uh, you know, the Stoic philosophers for years. Uh, we read, uh, the, you know, the, the memoirs of, of great military leaders, you know, of centuries past. And if you read those books as books about self-improvement, you'll see that they're all about self-improvement, whether it's about improving the individual. Uh, I mean, go back to... The Art of War, which is self-improvement, organizationally speaking. Go back to the Book of Five Rings, Mm -hmm. and and I'm referencing these books because I know many of your listeners are familiar with them. Book of Five Rings is like the uh, self-improvement manual for the individual. So, I mean, those are centuries old. And if you read those books, you'll see that, you know, the Asian warriors knew exactly what, you know, the Roman warriors knew, you know, from centuries past. Uh, You know, becoming strong uh, is becoming strong regardless of how you look or what language you speak. You know, these are universal truths. And I think it's because of, uh, you know, kind of hip self-development guys like uh, Tim Ferriss, who's been extolling (laughs) the virtues of of stoic philosophers that and then you get you know uh cool kids like Ryan Holiday writing about them and suddenly there's this whole new audience for this information that's always been there it's always been there it's it, it's always been there and uh it's always been accessible because of the internet i mean those those works are so old they're all public domain i mean yeah. that's that stuff that's is old. all free yeah but uh, which also gets us to an interesting point, and I hope this isn't veering too off, no. uh, far off Tom's question, which is, you know, the the information is there. It's always there. But, uh, and even getting back to Jim's point, you know, are we willing to do what that information is suggesting we do?
0: No. Mm-hmm. Because I, not,
2: I mean, whether, whether you're reading the Book of Five Rings or anything from Marcus Aurelius, uh it's it's this it's telling you the same thing. Same Go thing. out and test yourself, young grasshopper. Right. <laughs> Get out there and you know, uh, or or what is it the the great philosopher Kid Rock once said? Get in the pit and try to love someone. You know what? Whatever. Right. Uh, but it it it's that thing. It's it's that you know testing yourself, being accountable for who you really are, and uh, and and knowing that I. Uh, I trained one time uh, with a uh, a very controversial martial arts uh, instructor who uh, became the inspiration for the book and then the movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats. But he has one of my favorite quotes, which is yeah. this: "You either know what you can do, or you just think you know." There you go. And yeah, I come back to that frequently. It's it's just so apt. It is. And, um, you know, we yeah. all know guys that talk about, yeah, I used to be able to do such and such. Sure. And they still kind of act as though they can still do such and but such. But can. we all know <laughs> such and such is a long time a ago. A long
0: time ago. When you took, you're right. When you, Earlier you mentioned something and we were talking about, geez, maybe a couple of weeks ago on the show, we were talking about New Year's resolutions and so on and so forth. And one of the things you were talking about, are we willing to do some of this stuff? And I, I just said in our conversation here, no. Because when I was in my 18, 19, 20, not, not unlike you, I had read tons and tons of books over the years. I never read a book prior to that, and and on <laughs> self development and all this stuff. All right, thousands of books, you name it. And it's an interesting thing. There's a truth that just flows through these books. They've always been there. I'll keep the, until this day. I discover books that are older and obscure, and I read and I go, "Holy shit, that's a book that just came out like a week ago." Uh, it's saying the same exact thing. It's drawing those connections. But anyway, going back to that, So when I'm 21 or whatever. I wasn't, I knew a lot of shit about how to change my life. I just didn't do it. It took me many years later to just make that decision and go, you know what? It's just time to do it. Just time to jump out of the plane and hope to God that the parachute's going to open and not worry about it and kind of live my life that way. It's very freeing, but to get to that point to make that decision, is often the problem, but some people are just paralysis uh, paralysis by analysis, overthinking, overdoing, and just not going out there and just doing it. Right? I mean, I guess that was the kind of your point that you were uh, you were making. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so this conversation, uh, Mike, just to elaborate on it slightly, was I was I was the advocate for goal setting and New Year's resolutions, and Jim was the advert, advocate for. You know, Flock Fuck it. that shit! And we'll just, <laughs> just start it. We'll, we'll do, just do just it. Just go do it now, and don't don't start. i don't. Why would you start on January the first? We can start when you can start right. now. Well, what, what you know, you 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 you've got a whole process around this. Do you, do you want to sort of talk us through that and share your. It's uh,
2: It's that. That's a great. Uh, a great question. I'll, let me trail off something that uh, Jim said a moment ago, and then I'm going to move right into uh, Tom. What what you're talking about? Um, that's sort of a universal uh, for. For people, the idea of okay, I read a book or I went to a seminar, I, I watched this infomercial, yeah. I I know that uh, something's got to change, but then nothing changes. And uh, when uh, years back, when I was uh, studying hypnosis, I became aware of of this. Um, we'll will well, we'll call it kind of a, an observation. Uh, people have to be at, uh, what is referred to at, at threshold in order to change. And, and this, this, uh, I learned this from, uh, Dr. Mike Mandel and threshold is a stage when three factors are present. Something has to change. The thing that has to change is me. And the time for change is now. Hmm. If those three things aren't all present, change will not happen. So let's let's use a real obvious example. Somebody's a cigarette smoker. Now there is nobody alive who isn't intellectually aware that cigarette smoking is not helpful. Right. It's just not helpful. There there's no doubt about that. Uh, so how is it that there are so many people who still spend a lot of money because they're expensive on on cigarettes? Well. Because they want to. For whatever reason, they want to. And, uh, you know, some people like to say, oh, nicotine, it's, it's hard to kick. It's like trying to kick heroin. It's like, no, that's BS. Because there are nicotine patches. There are nicotine gum. If it was about the nicotine, everyone would, would be able to quit and quit quickly. But it's not about that. It's about behavior. People yeah. have rituals associated. When I wake up, I have a cigarette. You know, as I'm driving to work, I have a cigarette. You know, at ten twenty-five a.m. I have my first cigarette break. I smoke two cigarettes at lunch. You know, they've got all all of these ways that they've built uh, cigarettes into their day. Uh, you know, it's 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 about habits and, and attitudes and so forth. So they know back in their mind, okay, the cigarette thing is not good. Uh, they, they have the intellectual awareness of that and they know that it is them that is smoking. So they know that, you know, it would be helpful if they stopped, they would be, they'd be healthier if they'd have more money, but they're not ready. And until you're, until you get to that third point of threshold, it's, it's gotta be now it doesn't happen. You know, yeah, I know I should, I should lose weight. It's it's me that's carrying this weight. OK, so I know I should lose the weight. It's it's I'm the one who's affected by it, but I am not ready because I am not giving up Krispy Kremes or, you know, whatever the, the thing is. So until you're a threshold and all three of those, you know, something's got to change. It's got to be me. It's got to be now. It doesn't change, which uh, gets us to sort of what we're talking about, whether it's it's New Year's resolutions or don't be a punk. Why wait till new year's time? You big idiot. Just (laughs) change now and be amazing. I was thinking Uh, like, like Jim. That's right. Um, Just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. They're both right. They're both right. If, uh, if uh, I
1: thought I was right, if
2: one of those works for you (laughs) and you know, I've got a lot of connectivity on social media with people who do similar things as me, you know, as well as, you know, similar things as, as, as you gentlemen and you know, right, right around that last week before New Year's, uh, you get a lot of posts from these people, and they're and they're saying what Jim's saying. You know, you should have changed already. You're worthless and weak. I can't <laughs> believe you're waiting New Year's. <laughs> I didn't say that about those Tom. resolutions anyway. Um, so, you know, it, and I get that. You know, why wait? You know, because the guy who's like at threshold, the girls at threshold right now, boom, let's just freaking go, and that's awesome. But you know the the brain is uh, an, an interesting thing, and different things work as triggers. Different things work as anchors. And if it takes New Year's to make it happen, great, that's awesome. Uh, it's what whatever works for the individual is is ultimately what the correct answer is. I have um, in my in my work with athletes, because it would be easy for people outside of athletics to assume that you know athletes they're, they're just all the same. You know, they're the, the stuff that uh, either helps them or gets in their way, it's it's probably all the same. And it's not. Uh, I mean, you, you coach athletes, and uh, in, in you're your a martial arts guy, Tom. So you know that you know, as, as many different personalities are out there, those personalities are all, all also different. attached to yeah. athletes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, different things manifest in different ways. And if you're coaching an athlete, different approaches work better with different athletes so there's there's no one size fits all uh solution so in the same way you know resolution non-resolution it's just hey everybody's different whatever works is the correct answer uh and if it doesn't work either you know you don't have uh, a deep repertoire of potential solutions or that person and sometimes that person is you uh just isn't ready yet
0: right and I, I, up,
2: there are a few more Krispy Kremes out there with my name on it before I go on a diet. Nah. Kind of, I've got a question that I'd quite like
1: to ask both of you, like as in Jim as well. But so one one thing that I one thing, and I can't remember whether it was you that said it, Mike, or David Goggins, because I I literally listened to your podcast back to back over the last two two days. And and um it, it was about how being held to account by someone else when you're doing something for some someone else there is nothing more sort of motivational than than that um now you guys are sort of there's no one really above either of you so no one's holding you to account yet you still manage to hit the highest standards now i feel like i need to be sort of held to account and stuff like that so how do you guys sort of keep yourselves so motivated and ensure you know beat yourself up for not doing the thing that you should have done and stuff like that
2: great question jim how about you go first
0: yeah um how do i hold myself to those these super high standards (laughs) is that what you're asking yeah uh yeah i i I, I simply just do not (laughs) i lowered the bar what do you think i do (laughs) no no, i'm kidding i um i don't here's i got to the point I, i kid you not for for years i Outside of what people may have thought, I, I did not live up to my own expectations for whatever. And there's a whole history behind all that stuff. At some point in my life, not uh, in the uh, so far past, I made that decision that the time to go is now. There's no time to wait for anybody or have to answer anybody. It's just to march forward relentlessly at anything I do. It doesn't mean I don't think about it, do it. if I'm not acting impulsively, but I am doing it. I'm marching forward consistently trying to do what needs to be done. Now, with that being said, there are days, I got to tell you, it, it, it happens. You wake up and you, and you have the fuck it, you know, fuck this, fuck, this, you know, and you're, and you're miserable and you're pissed off, and that mind starts swelling around and all these negative thoughts and all that stuff starting to happen. But I've gotten to the point where I don't have to, I'm a watcher of my thoughts. I do not have to own that thought. That thought comes, it visits me, and I pretty much dismiss it. I don't fondle a negative thought. <laughs> Essentially, it comes. <laughs> I might fondle other things, but I'm not fondling a negative, negative thought. <laughs> so it comes by me. And, and, and the thing is about being a watcher of your thoughts, as they say, is you're, I'm very aware of that negative and that not wanting to do something. And then sometimes even the thought of being aware of it and doing nothing about it pisses me off. <laughs> right. So I, ha- I immediately dismiss it. To the best of my abilities. Some days it happens like magic. There's not an issue. I go out and kill it, yeah. do whatever it is, go make those phone calls, do those push ups, whatever that goal might be. And then, uh, and, uh, you know, and other days it's more of a challenge. I have to do it. It doesn't matter that I don't want to do it. Nobody cares that I don't want to do it. Nobody cares that I'm tired. I'll give you an example real quick. Yesterday I worked from 4 a.m. and I walked in my house at 10 p.m. That's not, that's pretty much an average day for me at some point. I got home, I threw some laundry in, I made some dinner. I go to set my alarm to get up and it says, your alarm is set for three hours and 20 minutes from now. (laughs) That was my day yesterday. And I don't care. I got up, I was full of energy this morning and at the gym. That's just how it is sometimes. But that's, anyway, that's what works for me. Just because of my history has put me to that position. And I did have to go through a lot of pain and a lot of thinking and, not living up to whatever I needed to do because I refused to take action. Right? Knowing is not enough, Tom, right? You must what? Yeah. Right? Yeah there you go. Yeah.
1: All
0: right, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good.
2: That's good. You obviously
1: had your threshold.
2: Yeah. Not, not bad, Jim, not bad. Um I think the uh as as that relates to me, when because it's it's this is a really interesting premise, the idea of if if you're at a point where you're not really answering to anyone uh, with respect to how you spend your time, uh, you know what the, We're all part of a club, so to speak, where we're all kind of you know in the upper echelon of our respective fields of endeavor. And uh, that's cool, but it, it also can lead to uh, an outcome that I, I've seen a lot. I've, I've seen guys at, at the tippy top. And once they got there, everything just kind of went on autopilot, yeah. you know, and, su- and suddenly they became, you know, as each day goes by, you become further separated from your past excellence because, you know, your excellence is literally residing in the past. So, uh, not wanting that to happen to me is, is something that, uh, you know, compels me onward, but I think it really is, is a little more simple than that. Early on in my uh, law enforcement career, I became a you know, credentialed trainer of something. It happened very fast. And I found I had an interest in training. I found I had an aptitude for training. And that led me to more of those types of credentials. Uh, to the point where in 2001, when I left active law enforcement, I was verifiably the most credentialed tactical trainer in the United States, hmm. which probably means to uh, that, it's just a lot of paper okay uh, <laughs> but the, the, but what that did for me uh in internally was create a level of accountability because when you are the man you know and you can be the woman if you're a, a, a female expert in something but uh I'll, I'll use jim because i'm familiar with jim when jim shows up uh at some overseas event, we'll say Belgium, because I know that's upcoming, there is an expectation that, you know, Jim is the man and he has something of value to share and he can communicate that value in real time physically. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, If I have a question, if I'm at one of those workshops in Belgium and I said, I'm not quite getting, you know, where my, foot placement is relative. And I think my center balances is off. And then Jim comes over and he shows me very quickly uh, and decisively how to make that technique work. Um, that, that validates my perception of Jim. If Jim came over and had a hard time explaining it and he seemed kind of, you know, physically off and, and it, it didn't flow,
0: I'd immediately
2: question, you know, well, why, why is Jim the guy in the, in the front of the room?
0: Right.
2: That, you know, my perception wouldn't match up with what I was experiencing. And Jim knows this, you know, as an expert, you know, Tom, you know, this as as an instructor. So you whether you're conscious of it or not, that's that's in the back of your mind and it's holding you accountable. Once you assume a particular mantle, if you have any integrity at all, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. Yeah. That yeah. never goes away until you stop doing whatever the thing is. Now, in in my case, once upon a time, multiply that thing across all of these subject areas. Um, I had to be on my game in, in all of these different realms, you know, for some pretty demanding audiences. Yeah. And that has led to because I don't really have to do that now, other than I mean the way that it, it impacts me now is is in the marketplace, you know, uh, in the in the public arena of, of just maintaining credibility. Anytime I put myself out in a particular area, uh, I have to be willing to withstand the scrutiny associated with that. Because, right. you know, every, right. everybody likes to throw rocks and, and you mm. have to be able to withstand that. So, uh, you know, if you can't withstand that, then uh, you're you're going to fold up and, and go away. So in order to be w- whatever Mike Gillette represents uh, to people, you know, in in present day, I have to do the things regardless of of the fact that nobody's other than me is telling me to do those things. You know, just it, a, it, a different variation of what, what Jim was describing. But it's, I think it's probably common to all of us and, and probably common to many of your listeners. Um, yeah. If you are, going to declare yourself publicly as a student of this or an instructor of that or a devotee of of such and such um you've got to be uh, willing to to be that person with integrity Mm. uh i mean you know go back to the uh you know the masashi example everybody wanted to test that guy well he was ready yeah. Right? So yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there you go. That might have been the last test that they ever uh, participated right. in. Um, but there, there was an accountability in being that guy. I mean, every time you watch a western about you know some uh, you know legendary gunfighter, right? What's the constant in the, that story? Everybody is trying to draw on that guy. Mm. Right. Know? And and that's uh, that's fiction, but it's what that represents is I think very true for all of us, you know, everybody, you know, and now sometimes, you know, trying to outdraw someone is, you know, negative comments on a YouTube video or whatever. I mean, you know, the technology has changed how that manifests, but human behavior is human behavior and and that that's how it goes. So, you know, for me, it's, it's an integrity issue. If, uh, if I am putting myself out there, you know, in, in the public space as uh, somebody who has something to say about a particular thing, I better have something to say. Right. Now, Mike, yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: It does, it does. Now, Mike, you have a couple of different websites out there with different facets of the things that you're dealing. With. And one of the things I wanted to touch on, because <laughs> um, no, uh, a couple of months ago, Lack Loy was on the show. Now, Lack does a, a lot of mind- Who was on? Lack Loy. He's a, a JKD oh. guy from... From London, super talented guy, and he also deals right with a lot on. of the philosophy of JKD and his mind power, martial mind power. And uh, so what we did is uh, I took a test on this, on on his website, and it was about Zen. And I found out that yeah. through this test, um, I was almost Zen, which was a shock to everyone. And uh, I had Alana, so we showed it. <laughs> For Alana, a guy, really... that is a shock. It is a shocker. <laughs> now, I... Uh, I uh, when we got to the station, I, Alana, who's being very, cool, like Tom, you guys are taking weeks off. And then, uh, so she came in and go, you have to take this test. She, of course, busts my chops. And I made her take the Zen test. We found out she is anything but Zen. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Zen. So here's the deal. Uh, I'm sorry, Jim, I have to say something. No, 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 well, no, no, no wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, we
2: have, you have to do justice to this. Actually, I did not want to take the Zen test because I knew full well that you would definitely be more Zen am. Well that's I why because I, wanted I at to least do it. have
0: some kind of sense of self awareness. <laughs> at least uh, at of least. That. Well, well right, here's the so, deal. So on Mike's Mind Boss site, there's a, a cat Mind Boss Academy. There's a quiz. Tom, did you see that quiz on his website?
1: I, I did it. I got um Mind Apprentice. That was my rank. What number was that? I don't know. I don't think it was a top score at all. Well, <laughs> they, they
0: it brought, there was five levels. Yeah. All right. Do you uh, know that level? You don't know. Okay, so here's the deal. I took the test, right? Now, Alani, did you take the test yet? Not yet. All right, take the test. She's going to take the test. And we're gonna see
2: how. I like this competitive zen thing you got going. Look, fuck, I've point, I, I, fuck I've that. Fuck that zen shit. I pointed that out. Before.
0: So come on. I'm so if, much
2: more relaxed than you. I swear to God. But,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like. We just. I just like testing because you know she's. If we were to go to school together, you know she'd be. She'd be the kind of kid that sits next to you and go, oh, you know, teacher, you forgot to give us our homework. <laughs> I was not. I did no homework. I failed almost every single test. And You know, I've been thinking, actually, the other day, I'm going to contact, because I'm dead serious, I'm going to contact my, the high school I went to a, a, a long time ago and see if they, and see if they, uh, and see if they uh, oh, well, she has, you know, you are ranked, your mind is adept. She got a four on the test. How is that possible? Did you lie in the test? No. Tom, what did you get on the test? You
1: don't know? Well, I don't know the number. I got Mind Apprentice. Mike, you walk us through what these things mean. In fact, we need to know yours as well,
0: Jim. I'm going to tell you, but this is this – just something wrong with your fucking test, Mike. Because not that you're <laughs> attached to the results at all. Oh, the right? results. Because there's no way I'm just minded depth like you. So I'm ranked yeah, a four out of five. We're talking about an
2: online quiz. That's, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's just let's – just, Frame it uh, Make sure that people understand this is not like a, a psyche val – That would be administered by the government. Are you sure? This this is like a little online quiz just to kind of, you know, get you thinking about the mind in general and your mind specifically and how how the two of you get along and and work together. Well,
0: this is bullshit because I know I'm more adept than her. (laughs) All right. I don't man. even want to talk about the test.
2: <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I had saying, no idea my website was sowing the seeds of discontent. It, it is. Well, uh, all right. No, I'm just kidding.
0: So on this, so on the mo- <laughs> I thought I'd win. I'm, now we're, she's even. So we got, I got one victory and we have one draw. So just yeah. to put it So on, um, uh, on This
2: the, is the first time I've ever heard anyone refer to this quiz as a competitive event. Well, it's all it's, Leave it to the guy from Jersey. That's right.
0: <laughs> Who, who's almost zen. Maybe this My is,
2: brain is going to kick your brain's ass, I swear to god. <laughs> it will.
0: I am thinking terrible thoughts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all
2: this right, discover so, yeah,
0: right. On the five tenants you're just, um uh, on the Mind Boss Academy. You want to touch on some of these things so we can people can
2: well the um the mind uh mind boss academy is uh, is one of several websites as as you said um there's uh, i have a diverse portfolio no no doubt and a confused mind says no so rather than try to crush people with the the breadth of everything that mike gillette uh you know purports to uh help people with we we sort of break it up in in manageable doses so uh you know, the self-defense video stuff that lives one place, right. uh, and, you know, strength training product lives in another place and strength psychology, which is a product lives in another place and and so on. Uh, mind boss Academy is a, is a fairly recent, uh, manifestation of what I'm doing. And, and it's, it's largely the brainchild of, of somebody who's, uh, been really helpful for me in in terms of organizing things to, uh, impact, uh, on a, on a wider basis because, you know, I'm an old school guy. I grew up, you know, teaching live bodies in, in in rooms, you know, in, in physical spaces that that's where I get, you know, my best work done, but that's an expensive way to go about it so i have over the past few years tried to find ways of of sharing sort of the uh the non denominational truths the the truths that can sort of cut across uh lines of you know i don't care what part of the world you're from male female what your job is you know are you still a student those sorts of things so mind boss academy you know the, the term obviously comes from my book mind boss which yeah. is actually uh going through its uh, its first uh revision because in the past couple of years, I have adjusted a lot of what I do, uh, and a lot of that work uh, comes from the stuff that I've done with athletes. Because the the ability to test an athlete's success uh, can, if they're in season, that can come pretty quickly. Yeah. So if I've been working with an athlete uh, for a few weeks and there's an upward trend, it it can identify itself in the it. I've had upward trends in just a few weeks time is, uh, I've, I've been very fortunate with the, the approach that I use. So, uh, I've, I'm recalibrating all of the, uh, the things that I have done, uh, whether athlete, non-athlete into a, um, I think a, a more structured process, you know, all, all of these, uh, these books that we've all read over the years, um, you know can be great if you can make sense of them, if you can give shape to to the the methods and ideas. Uh, and oftentimes they're kind of like uh, I mean imagine getting a uh, a martial art book and it just had you know 68 different uh, arm locks, okay? Well, which one is the best one? Which one is so impractical and low likelihood that you probably shouldn't? well, you don't know. Right. So either just grab a few that you just randomly grab or you try to test all of them, which is not particularly time efficient. And that is how a lot of uh, self-improvement material uh, still is, is sort of being propagated out there. So trying to take everything that I might potentially do with you know, different people over a period of time, and consolidate that into a sequentially logical uh, process is, is sort of the, the, the latest and greatest endeavor that I've been involved with really in, for almost the past year. So if if you look at MindBoss, and MindBoss is kind of a, a one-stop shop. It's, yeah. it's to get you thinking about your mind differently. And here, here's some quick ways for you to start engaging with it hopefully in, in a more productive way you know here's some things that maybe you do and you didn't even realize you do and they're not helpful uh, here's some here's some ways to kind of reverse that so it's uh, it's good material it's it's more of a handbook uh, what uh, mind boss academy is is really sort of the the entry point for uh, a, a video program which is about six and a half hours long in terms of material and it and it goes through a Sort of a nine stage process, if you will. And, uh-huh. um, I've, I've kind of adjusted the central point of reference and, and maybe this will resonate, uh, with, with you gentlemen, it, uh, because I engage with a lot of, uh, and, and, tell me if I'm getting off, off track, but I, I engage with a lot of coaches. Yeah, you know, wow. my athletes are struggling with this, or I've got a couple of athletes in particular who are struggling with that, you know, and coaches say things that coaches have been conditioned to say over the years. Like, you know, my, my athletes aren't motivated or my athletes don't have confidence. My athletes need confidence. And most people would assume, okay, that, that sounds pretty reasonable. Uh, but the, the Mike Gillette, Paradigm has always been kind of in opposition to those those two notions, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, well, I, I, I need to be motivated. No, you don't. You just need to do the thing. Stop what? waiting for a feeling. Motivation is a feeling. What if you don't feel motivated? You're not going to train? Are you just going to sit around and wait to feel motivated? <laughs> Mo- motivation is BS. It is. It's a lie. Absolutely. Uh, so when people say, well, I'm just not confident. Okay. So what? do the thing. You don't need confidence. Nobody needs confidence. If you have confidence, that's a good day. You know, that's, that's a, that's a day when you live down the street from Krispy Kremes and they're, and it's so hot that they, they've opened the doors and, and you can just walk around your house smelling Krispy Kremes. That's a special kind of day Mm. that that's what confidence is, but it's just a feeling. What, uh, what I teach is courage. And courage is fundamental. Now, people might think, well, is not that the same thing, Mike?" No, glad no. you asked. <laughs> uh, confidence <laughs> is a feeling. Feelings are fleeting. Uh, feelings can be very deceptive yeah. and and hard to predict. You don't know when they're going to come around again. You know, a feel. You know, confidence is like the ice cream truck. Well, if he doesn't come around today, that's going to suck. Right. You know, no uh, so I'm just going to sit here on my on my front porch and wait for the ice cream truck. Well, that's no, you're you're not because you're not training. Okay, go do your thing. You don't need confidence; you need desire. If you want to do something, just do it. You know, I I was using it's a famous example. If uh, if anyone wants to look up my mental training series on the Title Boxing website, mm-hmm. uh, I walk through this and and I talk using this example with respect to confidence. Back when you were a baby and you were dumb and you didn't know how to talk and you didn't know how to walk and you couldn't do anything and you pooped your pants. Um, at one point you decided, and you didn't even know you decided it consciously because you didn't ha- like have a, a perception of your own conscious thought, sure. you wanted to walk. So you started trying to teach yourself to walk. You didn't wait to feel confident because you were intellectually unable to grasp the idea of what confidence is. So there you are. You try to stand up, you fall down. You try to stand up, you fall down. You get hurt. Does that dissuade you from trying to learn how to walk? No. What do you do? You hurt yourself while learning how to do this complex mechanical skill. You have zero confidence. You have desire, desire only. And that desire propels you despite your unsuccess, despite the, the injuries and the pain. You know? And if people are laughing at you and, and you've got some sort of idea that people are laughing at you because you're falling down a lot. You know, The adults in your life you trust. I mean, if you have you know, crappy people around you, hey, let's laugh at the toddler who can't walk. Um, but that could happen. <laughs> But I guarantee you that even if that did happen, that toddler would still try to learn to walk because right. the desire is, strong. The desire is so strong. That's what it takes. If you look at, you know, courage is uh, not, you know, waiting to feel good. You know, courage is not about motivation. It's not about confidence. Look at it in the, in the battlefield context. When a soldier earns an award for courage, What were they doing? A, something dangerous. B, something that probably terrified them. They didn't wait till, I'm just going to wait till I feel super good and confident. Right, motivated to do it. You know, meanwhile, you know, men are dying, okay? So courage is what you're willing to do because you have the desire to do it. Now, their desire was, you know, to do the right thing, you know, under the worst possible circumstances. It doesn't matter where the desire is coming from. You you know, the desire is is the, that's the catalyst, You know, encourage is simply your willingness to act. And once I realized that that's what I was teaching athletes, and that's different because a lot of people within the, you know, performance realm or, you know, the sports psychology realm are sitting around trying to impart drills and and techniques for building confidence and improving motivation. Um, And even if you build confidence and motivation, those are weak. Those are weak drivers. They are that is a slow engine it's an unpredictable engine it doesn't start on cold days that's right mm. courage is all, all hour all temperature all circumstance it's it's independent of that if you can build courage into students you know maybe at risk students you know in a, in a troubled uh, school where you know academics are really suffering you know if you can just get kids willing to try You know, to be courageous in the context of arithmetic, you know, you you deal with sports fighters, so you know what a courageous fighter looks like, and if you've ever thought to yourself, man, I wish I could teach that to this fighter. Oh, every day you think that. Right?
0: Right. right? So
2: that's that's ultimately, um, you know, in a very elemental context, that's what I teach now. And when I realized that's what I was teaching, it kind of uh, created... A great deal of clarity for me. So, you know, I mean, I I literally, I have a, what I refer to as the courage, uh, continuum, you know, so there's, there's clarity, you know, you have to figure out what, what is your thing? What's what, what is your driver? You know, what do you have desire for? You know, so there, there's clarity, then comes conduct, the things that you do, and then comes consistency, you know, the systematic application of those things. And hopefully that leads you to a point of, and it's kind of a mouthful, but what I refer to as consequentiality, Hmm that's the meaning you know it's the purpose part of what it is that you're doing nice. you know I'm, I'm working with a female wrestler right now uh, who is training for the 2020 Tokyo games tough tough athlete very smart and uh, she she doesn't just want to wrestle successfully because she's always wrestled she is is very much connected to a, a higher purpose type goal in association with doing that you know, her, her wrestling for her is a metaphor, and it's not just her metaphor. Yeah. It's a metaphor for other young girls who are considering a sport that's still kind of in its infancy in the U.S. You know, yeah. when you can connect with that, you know, the, the purpose, you know, the meaning, you know, good God, you're yeah. unstoppable. Mike,
0: great, great, great message. Um, uh, We got to wrap it up here. Great, great stuff, Mike. Really, uh, I'm glad you came out and spent the time with us here and, and talk to us, uh, Mike, how can people get hold of you? How can they find your, your products? You want to promote a, a particular site, all your sites, one of your sites, what's the best way to get um, away and get hold of the I, world's most famous man.
2: The, the <laughs> simplest way to is look for me on social media. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, on, on Facebook, Facebook and Twitter yeah. and Instagram and, yep. you know, the u- usual suspects uh, there's uh, the websites are always kind of in flux and they tend to be sort of specific to a particular product. So it's almost easier for people to just sort of uh, notice me on, on social media where it's easier to find all of the other uh, links various points of connectivity hey mike thanks buddy good seeing you good
0: good having My you pleasure. i great really glad to,
2: uh, to see you and oh, uh, good great. to meet you tom oh, we could have done this for hours <laughs>
0: hey um you're listening to primal radio we are heard every week saturday night 9 p.m uh uk time 9 p.m new york time you can hear us on hamiltonradio.net spreaker radio iHeartRadio, itunes sonos YouTube, SoundCloud, and Amazon Alexis. All right, guys. That was another great show. Fantastic. Mike, thank you so much, everyone. Peace out.